0: Head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the IWGP junior heavyweight champion Will Ospreay and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank
1: you.
2: One, two, three. You're listening to the busted wide open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports, entertainment, and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 165. My name is Nick Howell. And wondering, if Chad
0: Gable has to be Shorty Gable, can we call Vince Raisin Balls McMahon? <laughs> I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to Busted Wide Open. Yes. Nick, it's, it's another big week in wrestling. We've, it's strange to have so much to watch every week and to have so much of it be quality frank yeah it's 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 wild (laughs) we we've we got to talk about a lot of stuff today we have uh, AEW on the docket today we've got nxt two hours of that and we've got two hours of the new friday night smackdown Mm. to discuss as well where they had the draft this week with the beginning the first half of their draft to determine Who's gonna be on Raw? Who's gonna be on SmackDown? They're splitting the brands again, supposedly. Goodbye, wild card rule. We barely knew you, <laughs> but we hated you. Thank Christ
2: for Goodbye. that. Goodbye, Jesus. Yeah, it's
0: ridiculous. <laughs> so. So we had the draft this week, Nick. we got to talk about that. We have lots of stuff to discuss. Let's do our housekeeping, and we'll jump right into the meat of the show this week. Yes,
2: absolutely. Guys, come over and join us in the Facebook discussion, or the Busted Wide Open discussion group over on Facebook, I should say. There you go. Uh, And also come join our Discord server, where we have live chats for every single show all throughout the week, and specific uh, dedicated channels for every pay-per-view, so that it's very spoiler-friendly in there, so if you don't want to see stuff, you can separate it out, all that good stuff. But you can find links in the Description below if you're watching here on YouTube, or you can find it pinned to our social profiles. Uh, pretty much anywhere. So Hank, come hang out in the Discord server with us. Uh, that's where a lot of our community talks during all of the shows throughout the week. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Right here live on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash Busted Wide Open. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, all throughout the week. Uh, YouTube.com/slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to slam that subscribe button and hit that notification bell so that you're alerted anytime one of our events are about to start you'll get a notification so you may, you don't miss anything. YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. We're, we're on the race to a thousand subscribers. We would appreciate your support. Thank you very much for those of you that are joining us every single week. Uh, last but certainly not least, we cannot not thank our patrons. Uh, we love you guys. You are the the fuel that goes into the machine of this show. Thank you very much for all of your support. And If you want to get in on some of that, head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. Uh, you can get access to show notes for every single episode. Uh, the ability to ask listener questions for our new patron mailbag series that we do and we're going to be doing our second episode here today after this show so stick around yeah, for that it'll be a good time i love that stuff uh, i love bonus it. episodes every single month merch all kinds of good stuff patreon.com slash bwo. but ian we can't not talk about something that we really raved about last week right we started things off in the big news And I'm gonna lead myself back in here because I want to finish my thought there. <laughs> last week <Okay. laughs> we spent a lot of time talking about ratings. We we there was this huge perception over the course of the last week that AEW just trounced NXT, right? They they mm-hmm. blew them away with this one point four number and versus eight hundred thousand, all but doubled the numbers of NXT. And this week yes. we saw a stark difference
0: it was it the the window narrowed they both dropped significantly but AEW lost 400,000 viewers <gasps> from last week and NXT only lost 55,000 so now it looks a little bit tighter this week you got uh, 1.018 million for AEW and then 790,000 for NXT AEW still pulling out the week and it won in all the important demographics sure. uh, with a 0. 0.46 in the uh, the 18 to to 49 uh, as opposed to a .22 for NXT, so AEW still crushing them in the right demographics, and NXT much stronger in the f- over fifties. For what? some reason, people over fifty loving them. The NXT. Am I
2: seeing this right? The I, median I, I, age for an NXT viewer was fifty-five. Yes, that's the median <laughs> age. Holy smokes! Okay, isn't that wild? That's fantastic. The median actually. Age for
0: AEW is forty-two, so still not skewing very young. the The kids still aren't really getting into the wrestling yeah. yet. Uh, but it is skewing significantly younger with AEW. In fact, the SmackDown this week, the uh, the ratings were down as well, like down uh, a significant percentage from last week. But uh, but it still held completely almost steady in the over fifties. So, yeah, it's wild. Like the 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 age of the the group that is watching pro wrestling right now is, I mean, it's, it's, it's still mostly it's still mostly the eighteen to forty nine demo, but. Such a large percentage is over fifty that it's skewing the whole wow, it's skewing the whole thing. Wow. So it's that's pretty wild.
2: Them boomers it's and them Gen wild. Xers watching wrestling.
0: <laughs> right. Well, that's and that's really I think where all of these brands can can make some major inroads is trying to get more of a young audience, trying yeah. to, to resurrect that cool they had uh, back in the day. The other argument to that is. That's not how this generation consumes this product. Agreed. They don't watch TV. So it's very likely that even though the ratings, the Nielsen ratings are saying one thing, there's still a lot of younger eyes being put on the product. Just it's through YouTube yeah. or it's through Instagram or Twitter, right? So it's uh, And they're not consuming it in three-hour chunks the way us poor old bastards are doing yeah. it.
2: No, they're they're you watching know, it on their phone in some going. video clip that they got from their friend uh, that got texted to them or something like that. So, yeah, I I, but, I don't give these a lot of credence unless I'm trying to sell or or buy ad time for a commercial. I, I, that's the one thing I right. really wanted to say here is like, look, we the people talk about these things, so we report on them. But at the end of the day, it really does, This doesn't tell me a full story. This tells me what Correct. I can expect the number of eyes and the age demographic of a commercial that I want to pay to run during their program. That's really it.
0: And this is, then that's really, a, that's the best point about, I mean, no, it's, we're, it's also, this is only America. We're not seeing uh, Canadian numbers. Yeah. Although AW did 120,000 in Canada. Wow. You know, we're not seeing those numbers. We're not seeing the UK numbers from ITV. We're not seeing the real inroads that they are being made here. We're not also not seeing the network numbers. NXT is also shown in replay on the network the day after and, most people outside of the U.S. can't even see it yeah. uh, until Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern. One of the reasons I the watch network.
2: AEW live myself is because I know <laughs> that there, other than the TNT app that I've heard is having some difficulties the next day showing the replay of it. I, I want to, I know that the, that NXT is going to be there the next night on the network.
0: So I, I, I watch, I can, I, if I miss AEW, I watch it on Sling. So there sure. are a few other ways to to catch it, but but yeah that 's the thing is that they're you know be, be, we're not, we're not seeing the whole picture, no. but what we are seeing is what the u s networks the ones that have the money, the ones that are paying for this it 's what they 're seeing, and that 's really the important point here is we're, we're we can judge how and also Smackdown as well, we can judge how well it 's doing for the people that are paying the money for it yeah, and that 's really where that 's really Good where point. the argument comes in that we need to pay attention to this is that if they're if it's not doing well, or if it's failing against a similar program at the same time slot, the network executives are going to see that, and that's going to affect the show. Yeah. That that is going to affect the livelihood of the show. And it doesn't matter how big your company is or how much money you're spending on it. If the networks pull the plug on you because you're not bringing in the numbers they want to see, that can be. Imma- I mean, just ask WCW. Yeah, that can be Oof. massively damaging. To a company, so that's why we will be keeping track of this. Uh, You know, whether whether you want to call it a Wednesday night war or not, uh, just as long as you frame it in the sense that these are American networks that are 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 controlling the ability for these programs to be seen by a huge audience. Uh, which is the lifeblood of these companies. You can you can ask TNA what happens when you lose your TV contract. Uh, that's really the that's the metric that we're Give it, going, it away for free on Twitch,
2: <laughs> and then it just right. slowly right. declines over time.
0: Oof. So uh, yeah. So this week, AW won again, and this is something that you know execs do look at, and they are, are looking at this. You know, they can they can think about it in the larger picture all they want. All they care about is their network in the U.S., their demographics they're interested in, and how many commercials they can sell, yep. as you said, Nick. Yep. So, so yeah, that is, the bi- that is the big news. That is the big news that AEW has won week two. Obviously, it is a marathon, not a sprint, to quote WWE's petty little text from last yes. week, uh, their little tweet, but uh, that's okay. Uh, there will be a lot more to see in the future, but two weeks to AEW, we'll see what happens going forward. I will say, Nick, that both NXT and AEW were great programs this yes, week. They and I would have were. And hap- I would have been happy to watch either one. And We'll get into like which one beat which one and in- in which, I-, I don't know, how I- what we thought about their presentation, et cetera, later on in the show, Nick, because right now we have to go over and talk about the draft on SmackDown Live.
2: It's draft time. Nope, nope. I was trying to do boss time. Nope. Oh, no, stopping nope. Michael
0: Cole! No, Michael Cole! No! Oh God!
2: Uh, I noticed that uh, uh, that he was especially Michael Cole uh, last he night. He was
0: very cool. You know what he was, and he wasn't. It, that was a strange thing. Okay. During the matches, during the matches, he was much less Michael Cole. He was actually, I better, I thought, like they were calling the matches more sportsy. I felt maybe it was just me. Maybe it was my perception.
2: I don't know. And the show was, opened up with Roman Reigns and you know the It's the big dog and just like Ugh! oh he, he held onto it and, too. Oh god.
0: <laughs> Maybe because Roman Roman didn't come out right away, so he's like, It's 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 the big dog <laughs> <laughs> like, let it, yeah, let it go. This yes. one's for all the haters who hate when I say this. I'm gonna make it as obnoxious as possible. Uh so yeah, that, that I agree. Cole was definitely pushing his 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 catchphrases. Yep. But that's not what we're going to start with here. We're going to start with the fact that they had a draft, Nick. And this is not the first time that they've had a no. draft in WWE. They've had the draft quite a few times. They've split the brand a few yep. times and, so, and and to varying degrees of success. Most
2: notably, I think, and was when they introduced, uh, was it the Universal Championship with Mick Foley and Stephanie McMahon on Raw? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, that was the last one that I really, re- that was the last one, right? Am I remembering that correctly? There was
0: one. There was No, there was one. No, they did one like every year for the last couple of years. All right. All right. right after WrestleMania, they'd, split the, they'd, they'd like redraft people, right? But the, this this week was a little bit different because it wasn't just two GMs from the company coming out and announcing what they had done. Right. It was supposedly the way they presented it in storyline. It was executives from both networks, USA and Fox, and they had a war room, and they were like, they, were, they had actors in these rooms like full of like computers and papers, and they're all scratching their heads, and Cletus the robot was in the Fox bullpen and you know the, making it look like this was an NFL draft or something, and they were like thinking really hard about which superstars they were going to take when, as though it mattered. Uh, and yeah, they had like celebrity panels of like people that were people from Fox sports that were talking about. Uh, who they would pick, and of course it was all inane and innocuous. and had nothing to do with this year's draft. And then they had a panel that looked like a pre-show panel, like Samoa Joe, Renee Young, Beth Phoenix, and Booker T, who did like post-pick analysis. Every time they had a round of draft picks, they would do analysis on it, which pretty much, Nick, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but every time they did analysis, they were like, "Oh man, Raw picked this person. That's a pretty good call. SmackDown picked this person. That's also a pretty good call."
1: Yeah, they didn't
2: really talk back to you, Michael Cole. They didn't talk down to anybody. <laughs> uh, I, I do. No, they, I, I, I Unfortunately, I'm, I'm sad I was right about this. When we did also get Jay Glazier doing injury reports, uh, and I was just like, "No, I was I was kidding. Don't, don't do that."
0: <laughs> well, way way to go, buddy. They listened God to you. Damn it. <laughs> that's why i warned you i warned you you open your mouth like
2: that.
0: oh my god it was that was it was to me it was a painful presentation because it was and i feel bad for the live audience because they were just they were miserable all the reports of people that were there live in las vegas for the show were that it was a debacle as far as entertainment lives you know stephanie mcmahon was the presenter who came out and said this round uh Raw on USA takes so and so, and then SmackDown takes so and so, and then Raw takes so and so, and SmackDown takes so and so. That took all the drama out of so-and-so. it for me.
2: Like I, I wanted the there I wanted w- the the executives to come out and announce their pick or something.
0: Right, have them come out, shuffle some this papers, was terrible. and like have have someone be affected by the other person's draft. Have reactions for the superstars or something. This is Stephanie McMahon. She she wasn't even she didn't even get a reaction when she came out. She had to prompt the audience to boo her when she came out. Oh, you, no boos, guys. I'm disappointed yeah you have go away heat what do you expect and then she would read things off people were like okay great there was no uh, as you said nick, there was no drama to it and it, it took the air right out of the whole thing yep. especially when they made some absolutely inexplicable choices okay are so we going to go through all of
2: those
0: you damn right, right we are that's what we're here for yep. nick that is that is our function that is our purpose is <laughs> the reason why we started this show was to nitpick yes and talk about everything. So uh, th- there was some stuff that was inexplicably bad, but at least we know this time. Because WWE leaked their entire draft list the day before on WWE.com, which <laughs> also completely undercut the whole thing. Come on, guys. Uh, they, they have since made it alphabetical, not in, not in order of those chosen. Uh, but So they kind of fixed it, but we still know what's going to happen on Monday. I'm not going to spoil it on this show, but we still know. Um, that being said, so that was a screw-up. They also had multiple things within the actual draft here that just were dumb and made no sense. They usually do it the day of. Usually it's last minute, and they do it the day of, and it's just helter-skelter, and it's crazy, and they make some mistakes, and they have to fix it the next couple of days in the show with, with trades or stuff like yeah. that that they can barely be bothered to explain. Here on this show, they had a few days. We knew they had this picked for at least a few days because especially, you know, this as much as it was a put-on that Fox and USA were, like, working hard to figure out who was getting who, there was actually some pressure from Fox. Like, we, if we're, you're going to be on our network, we want so-and-so. We want so so We want these big stars. So th- that was a li- at least a little bit real. So, WWE knew they had to think a little bit about this and be conscious of their presentation. And, Nick, they have Fox to work with on a sports style draft. So, that right, uh, you can take a lot of the tropes of like the NFL draft, the NBA draft, you know, and put those into your stylings here. They had, And they had a lot of those sports commentators to make it look like that. You're
2: talking about having some robotic douchebag come out and go, with the first pick in the WWE draft. Monday Night Raw, Alex. <laughs> Sorry. That but was my terrible thing, Roger they, Goodell we, impression. But that's,
0: that's a pretty good – honestly, that's a pretty good Roger Goodell impression. Thank I'm not going to lie, Nick. But that's the thing is Roger Goodell can get his, you know, alien, weird Mike Zuckerberg ass up there and, <laughs> and read off someone's name completely without any expression – and then you cut to the family of the people and the the guy in the audience, and there's reaction. Yeah, but how
1: do you boo or you?
2: cheer Raw over SmackDown one way or the other? Like I don't feel the competitive thing yet, and it's something that I'm hoping we get to right. at some point. Because I, what reaction did we want? That's right. really the question. I wonder
0: if they'll present it. There's going to be the second half of this draft on Monday, and I wonder if they'll change it up for that. Well, but I mean,
2: okay, Survivor so Series is was. around the corner. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like they could have. Well, that's where that's, They could yeah. have tied this in somehow to where we, it had built some angst around. <gasps> Ricochet went there. Oh my god! Oh boy, that's gonna be right.
0: But the problem is that they're that they have muddled the waters so yep. much at this point that doesn't really matter who goes where at this point. And let's let's see, once they land somewhere, it's, okay, cool, they're on Raw, they're on SmackDown, great. Now what are you going to do? You know, so they're it really, as you said, you're completely right, the competitive feel isn't there. We don't care if they're on Raw or SmackDown right There's now. There's no stakes. All right, cool, you put you put Braun Strowman over there? All right, great, yeah. <laughs> whatever. You know, that's, w- that's why the reactions would have been helpful if we had right. those to at least lend some, oh, I really wanted to go to Raw. Oh, I really didn't want to go to SmackDown or whatever. You know, and again, with the panel afterwards, to have them all be like, that's a great call on Raw's part. That's a great call on SmackDown's part. Okay, could, you, could there have been at least a little bit of criticism? Oh, I don't know if you want him to take so-and-so. He's a poison. He's going to ruin the entire division. There was none of that. There was no second guessing. And that, again, cut out the legs from, this whole, from the, the drama of the whole thing. So the way they did this was they have 71 superstars that were eligible, men and women. They were going to have 30 in the draft pool on Friday, 41 this coming Monday, a Monday Night Raw, when they have a little bit more time to choose more people. And uh, every round, Raw got three choices, SmackDown got two, uh, one for every hour of their show. Uh, and then if anyone from those pools wasn't picked, they became undrafted free agents, air quotes, air quotes. And then they could be drafted to whichever brand of their quote-unquote choosing. Usually it's all the lower mid cards. so it's whichever one would have them, I think, is more the accurate way of putting it. So also, this is, this is important, Nick. Tag teams count as one, one pick, right? Oh, tag team let with me, the caveat. Let me, let me underline well, with
2: this. the caveat of if one of the brands wanted an individual superstar from a tag team, they could, they would break up the team.
0: Correct. Yeah. They could say, for instance, we want AJ Styles, but not the Good Brothers of right. the rest of the OC, because right now they count as a faction, so they all go together. So they could have done yeah. that. How, we actually saw a tag team get broken up but not in the way that you think. Uh, So, (laughs) Not in a smart way, not in like a tactical, ooh, they did that. Oh, what a great move. No, there was no tactics to this whatsoever. There was no like, wow, what a steal from Raw. This was as straightforward as you get. Let's run it down, Nick. Number one overall, not really surprising, Becky Lynch was picked by Raw. So the reason Raw got the first pick, we'll talk about this in a second, was they had a match between Seth Rollins and and, and, uh, and, uh, Roman Reigns. And the winner of that would win the first first pick for their brand. Okay. Uh, Rollins Raw, reigns for SmackDown even though technically they had not yet been drafted to those brands. Also, that's kind of shows the hand a little bit, doesn't it?
2: It does, but you, I, know? you know what? I kind of like this cuz whether you're doing a coin flip or drawing from a hat or whatever it is, put your top put two of your top guys out there and let them have a match and the winner Uh, The winner wins, you know, and the the angst of these two guys being former shield brothers. They're both in a facey kind of position right now, and it kind of it, you know, there's a little bit of that sportsmanship angst. Does it bring up the bad memories? I liked a lot of the potential of this. I like that there was a little bit of stakes here involved as well. All of that got thrown out the window, though, when the (laughs) lights go out and you hear that and the fiend comes up through the mat and grab, yeah. it puts Seth Rollins into the mandible claw and drags him straight drag, to hell. Drags him straight to hell.
0: I, I God damn it. I, <laughs> I there marked are some people, the F
2: out so hard for this. You did? Yes, I loved it. I loved oh, this. Okay, I was going
0: to say, there are people out there who probably love this because I freaking hate when someone tears through the ring, Why? pulls someone under the ring, and smoke comes out, and they go, oh, he dragged him straight to hell. As though there's a portal to hell Underneath the there ring, is. and just and all of a sudden, we're just going to pretend like that's the case. Meanwhile, you know, Seth crawls back out of the hole, coughing and gagging, and Bray Wyatt sticks his little head out of there like a gopher in a whack-a-mole uh, thing at Chuck E. Cheese. That was amazing! Oh, Seth, I see you, and then goes back down under the ring. Uh, the lights go out again, and then Bray reappears at the top of the ramp and stares down. Seth, I hated Look, it. I hated ma- it. Ma- I love. Ma- I love the arrogance of WWE here.
2: Maybe it appealed to my little kid. Maybe it appealed to oh, the God. to the 16-year-old the that was watching wrestling again, seeing the fiend's mask pop up through the mat. Maybe I pine for the days of the Brothers of Destruction when Kane would always drag people to hell and pop up through. What? A, Kane proved that there's a portal to hell under there because I don't know how his seven-foot-tall ass made it back and forth. There must be some kind of portal down there for them to get in and out from under the ring. But I
0: no, they they go down during dark. They they sneak under there. They when the lights are out. That's I know. They get I get there. it. But, the, but
2: I mean, at the same time, I, I, no, you understand. I, I you know, it was as a one off. As long as it doesn't become a trope of the fiend and a running gimmick, fine. As a one off, I'm okay with it. I, I what I didn't like about it is it took away from what I thought was also good, which was the matchup, the lottery of sorts, to see who would get the first pick. And the- this is what I'm saying. This is what I was going is what kind of arrogance must WWE have <laughs> to have a DQ
0: and a hell in a cell on Sunday and have people lose their shit over this and, and be like, oh, I can't believe you had a DQ in a hell in a cell. And WWE goes, Oh yeah, you don't like those DQ finishes. Here's another one right away. Let's give you another DQ finish on the Seth and Roman match. That's supposed to be like important. And if you win it for your brand. Okay. So it's a D so Seth wins via DQ. So raw gets the first pick. Oh my
2: God! Yeah. So what, now what, I understand why you mad, hated it. All right,
0: arrogant madmen must have done that. Like, okay, uh, yes, Nick, I probably wouldn't have been so infuriated at the whole. He got dragged to hell, Maggle. Uh <laughs> If if it wasn't for the fact that this was supposed to be the end to a match that was the only match on the card that had stakes other than the women's title match, like it was it was madness. Right. And the fact that we're somehow continuing this this. This fiend and Seth feud, which I, I think they they shouldn't have started in the first place. Oh, uh,
2: it was it was it was insane. Here's the last me, thing but- I'll say: they've officially got me with the fiend. Like it, it's been a long time since I've latched onto a character. I've enjoyed the rise of the Firefly Funhouse and the evolution of this character and everything, but it's been a long time since I just ah, it, I completely forgot about. And this is probably the point. Uh, in the moment. The, I not once thought about the DQ at Hell in a Cell. Not once. I was just... Really? Yes. It was just that... You, you and I, I lived completely different I lives. I understand that. Boys. And and that's probably why we have different opinions about it. And and probably everybody out there has different opinions about it. Of course, now that I think about it and now that I hear you breaking it down, it's... Uh, I, I do understand where that frustration... It's like, oh, God, another DQ with Bray oh, Wyatt and Seth Rollins. I get it. But in the moment, I was just like... I, I'm at the point now where when the lights go out and I hear that horn, that brr, I just yes, I'm there. I, and I, you uh-huh. know, if, ever, if other people are there, let us know. If you're not, let us know as well, because I, I think we're going to differ on that one is? for some time.
0: That's and that's fine, Nick. I think what it is is that I've got PTSD from what they did to Bray last <laughs> that's time. That's fair. And this, this is I'm like I'm I'm like oh god, I'm having like nom flashbacks about this. You know Bray Wyatt doing some stupid gimmick thing when this is supposed to be a genuinely terrifying character, yep. and here he is like popping out of the the ring like a pimple. And it's, I'm 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 looking at this going, no, that's goofy. Stop! <laughs> Don't make him goofy. Make him intimidating. Make him scary. Don't have him. Ugh. And then they think that him coming out of the ring is is intimidating and scary, and maybe it is to a six year old. But I'm yeah, not everybody I, has I your so appetite nervous. for horror. <laughs> Touche, touche. <laughs> but that's also because I watch so much horror. I know what works and what doesn't. Yes, congratulations overall, on the you know launch I mean? of
2: season two of Horror Palooza. By the way, this week.
0: Thank you, sir. Yes. Thank you, sir. Yes, Horror Palooza back back on the airwaves. A nice conversational discussion of my Halloween horror marathon. But enough self promotion. Uh, yeah, I, I personally think this might have been the beginning of the fiend jumping the shark if Hell in a Cell wasn't it. I'm very nervous. I'm yeah. very worried about him being used in this silly kind of way. And I. Honestly, I do not put it past Vince McMahon to ruin this character completely and do it quickly because, as you like to say, Nick, they cannot keep it in their pants yep. with this character. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm people are already starting to turn. I worry. I worry. But we jumped ahead of ourselves, Nick. We got to go back and talk about that draft. So this match, as we said, Raw got the first pick. So they picked Becky Lynch overall for their draft. First overall, which right off the um, bat begs the question. Okay. Isn't she the Raw women's champ? Or, or shouldn't the, the champs automatically go with the brand? Wasn't that the whole point of putting the title on Charlotte? Because we thought that Fox wanted Charlotte. Why? What the... Now there may have and, another And none other of the other brand the champs thing, went,
2: were in the draft at
0: all? Some of them were, yeah. And they went with their brand. Like they were picked by the brand that they were already representing the titles of. Why not take them out of the pool, say they're already on that brand... And make it a little bit less convoluted and weird. Well, just I Charlotte just
1: Claire wasn't had in the draft,
2: Why was Becky? What Charlotte was Charlotte, the SmackDown Women's Champion at the time, was not in the draft. She wasn't
0: in this pool. She wasn't in this pool to be taken.
2: Oh. So okay, she was the, she was in the
0: Monday night. The pool thing like Seth the, the thing that screws the this whole pool.
2: thing up is doing it over two nights. And it doesn't help. It doesn't. Yeah. So I, that's what so that help. was the confusing it, part it, for me it was like either you have champions be able to be drafted or you don't. And I I got
1: mixed feelings about that.
0: Yeah, and you have, well, that's exactly. You had to say, like, are the champs draftable? Like, define some of the stuff. Like, let us know, because otherwise, some of this is wildly inexplicable or just seems weird. So, as I said, Becky Lynch went first overall on SmackDown, no surprise. Roman Reigns went first overall. Uh, Going back to Raw, they went for the OC number two, which actually, that was the one thing where I went, that's a good draft pick. You know, because you're getting three people for the price of one, and one of them is the U.S. champ, and it's AJ Styles. You're getting a, a big tag team, and like that, to me, seemed tactically to make sense. If you were writing this, and you would say, all right, psychologically, what would they try to do? They would try to get good picks to get as many people as possible. And keeping
2: them on Raw so is that, a good thing, with their current sort of MO well, that they have.
0: Yeah, and they, and they said they wanted to stay on yeah. Raw, too, like, repeatedly online. Where the mother lovers want to stay on Raw? <laughs> uh, and then... Also, in the first round over on SmackDown, they picked Bray Wyatt uh, to go to SmackDown, which, given what he's been like lately, also to me kind of doesn't really sell the fiend. Like, if he's so terrifying, why? Which, what about that makes you want to draft him? Mm. I, would, I would have loved an explanation for that. Yeah. A lot of, but again, inexplicable so much. The of merch sales. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag WWE Logic. Uh, and then back over on Raw, third in the first round. And this was, I thought, big. Drew McIntyre. Yes. Like, that was – granted, given the rest of the, the picks, like, I could have seen someone else go here, but that's really high for him, I thought.
2: that just, that. just so I'm, I'm reading a lot into that pick. Uh, of all of the picks, I, I think yeah. that's the one I'm reading the most into, more than anything. There's another
0: one for okay. me. There's another one for me, and that came in the second round. First in the second round uh, for draw was Randy Orton, and then uh, SmackDown Live picked Sasha Banks. All that seems normal. Sure. but seems like a like average. Then Raw picked Ricochet, and that was super high, yep. super high for him. I was very surprised by that. Then again, again, given the the pool that they were working with here, uh, maybe not. But uh, at the same time, I looked at that and went, "Damn, that's yeah. <laughs> that's pretty high." Foreshadowing, for Ricochet. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. He went in front of SmackDown Live's next pick, which was Braun Strowman. That surprised that me. An idea.
2: But at, when I thought I, about yeah. it more, like if, if SmackDown is go, if Fox is going to be the bigger network, the bigger show, the bigger time slot, it makes sense to have some of your bigger stars be there. You know, if you put bias sure. aside and be objective about it, that makes sense.
0: And I've said it before, Braun can function both as a special attraction and as a main event. So I think that that does make sense. But again, he didn't go higher, which was very Mm. surprising. And then over on Raw, we had Bobby Lashley go next, which I could give two figs about. Uh, And uh, that was the end of round two. Round three started off with probably the most inexplicable pick of the entire night to me, which was Alexa Bliss, solo. Not as a tag team with Nikki Cross. She was picked by USA. Solo, they could have picked her and Nikki Cross at the same time and gotten two girls for the price of one, but no, they picked Alexa Bliss. Okay, maybe fine, they don't
2: consider fine. them a tag they're, team anymore,
0: or they're splitting up. They're splitting up the tag team and storyline. But then, why why do that this way? Maybe you know USA just wanted Alexa Bliss. They didn't want Nikki, but no, because this is going to come back. So they picked Alexa Bliss here, and then uh, we had Lacey Evans go to SmackDown Live. Then Kevin Owens went to Raw, and The Revival went to SmackDown, and then Natalia went to Raw, which is very surprising given the fourth round. Fourth round, Viking Raider War Machine,
1: War machine.
0: experience. War, sorry, War Machine, you're right. Sorry. Uh, went, to, went to Raw, and then uh, Lucha House Party went to uh, SmackDown Live. Okay. And, and then Nikki Cross goes to Raw. So you just picked Alexa Bliss.
2: To go to and now you
0: pick. What are you doing? What is it Like, okay, is USA stupid or are the writers stupid? You spent stupid? two What's picks
2: what? to get the same thing. What? <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, not to, not to nitpick, guys, but that's just dumb. Like, no one can see that and not be like, wait, what, you just went against your own rules. You had days to figure this out, yeah. guys. Days. Days. No one saw this and went, that makes no sense. No one saw that. Uh, heavy Machinery went to SmackDown Live in the Street Profits went to Raw. That means that undrafted free agents out of this pool, people that did not get picked at all, Cesaro, Chad Gable, uh, EC3, Sin Cara, Eric Young, Heath Slater, Drew Gulak, Tamina, the B team, Umberto Carrillo, and Akira Tazawa. So some cruiserweights and some low carters. And, of course, Chad Gable. Oh, Chad Gable. Mm. We'll get into him in a yep. second, Nick. That one hurt. So we have all the rest of the people coming on Monday for the draft. I uh, hopefully they will make it more exciting. Day. Lay in the plane. But uh, Nick, let's get to the best thing that happened on this show. And that was the match between Bailey and Charlotte Flair, a rematch from Hell in a Cell for the SmackDown Women's Championship because there's no rematch clause, right? But we're still going to have them anyway. But because we are the authority.
2: Yep. No, we're not.
0: Nick, this is the this is, remember when we were talking about Hell in a Cell yeah. and we said, what was up with Bailey throwing a tantrum after the match and really kind of sitting on that and watching that for a long time, her being like, why does this always happen to me? I don't think, and have a little breakdown yeah, of finish.
2: I don't think she liked her haircut. And she was like deep in thought with it after the match because Bailey came out with a haircut. She,
0: she laid the foundations for this. Yeah. And looking back on it, we noted it, but we didn't know it was going to go anywhere. Yeah. It didn't just go somewhere, it paid off huge yeah, when, because it, Bailey it came out with this match. <laughs> it went, this one goes to 11. Uh, Bailey came out. Pulled off a hood to reveal that she had a new short haircut. The ponytail is gone. Yeah. She then turned around to all of her in wacky, wild, inflatable air buddies, took out a, a like some sort of weird pickaxe thing, and killed them. Murdered them, sliced them up, killed them, threw down the pickaxe and stomped to the ring, where she and Charlotte had a fantastic match. And Bailey pulled out the win and gets the SmackDown title back. And then proceeds to berate the audience and tell, call them all bitches and tell them they can kiss her ass. And has new music. Did you hear her music on the way I, out too? I did.
2: Uh, it wasn't just on the was, way out. It was she She hung out for a while. She was up on the, yeah. holding the belt up. She, and then she got on the mic. The whole time we had this new song playing. Yeah.
0: Bravo. Is this the redemption of yes. like, did they, they just gave They finally gave up on the gimmick that they could never replicate from NXT. After how many years they were like, okay, we just can't. We're not. This is not working, because it wasn't and it hasn't been. And they went fine. She's just going to be a, an aggressive heel. All right. She's going to be the mean, the mean aggressive heel. I mean, that's a commitment. I, I applaud which, it. <laughs> yep. To which I say, get it, get it. The ponytail get and it. the
2: hugging is gone, folks. Mm-hmm. Gone. Yep. Bailey is back in I a would, vicious I way. I wouldn't
0: be mad if, like, in a few years, they just went whole hog back into it and had some explanation to go completely back and as a nostalgia thing, it would get over for real this yep. time. But this is absolutely appropriate. Bailey was, and and I have to say kudos, I, you know, praise where praise is due to the writers, to creative on this because they built this up well. They gave it a logical foundation for why this would happen, and they paid it off really well as well. The only thing I didn't like about it was that Charlotte had another super short reign where she had the title for a hot second and then lost it almost immediately afterwards, which has been the case for the last few reigns of hers. It's
2: just ticking the so box she's got so that she can ra- get up into the double digits and get up into her daddy's numbers.
0: Right. That's all. Now she's Charlotte 10 reigns, yeah. which is which – is, uh, who was it who said, yeah, you may have 10 reigns, but that means you lost it 10 right. times.
2: Becky, I believe.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's that, – more people than just that. <laughs> that's not just a oh, new observation. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> but – but it's, it's true. But, at, hey, that is a small nitpick for me. Like, okay, yeah, it was, a, it was a title juggle, but at the same time it created stakes for this whole thing, for this little angle, and that swerve with Bailey was really well done. Yeah, it was.
2: I, I, I thoroughly Love enjoyed it. that. Yeah, didn't, I so. didn't see that coming either. I, like they teased it at Hell in a Cell, but I, 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 didn't, see, I didn't see them committing that hard, uh, leaning right. into it that hard.
0: Right. I didn't have faith that they would go yeah. that hard into it. Bravo. And they did. So, and like I said, credit where credits due. Well done. Bailey is now a heel and looks and hand the smackdown women's champ. That kind of undercuts the idea that Charlotte only got the belt to be drafted to SmackDown because now we've established that belts don't matter when it comes to drafts. So, they were actually put the belt on her to have this Bailey angle, okay. which is very interesting because yeah. that that runs against our speculations. I
2: don't think that's the only reason. I think it's to tick another uh, reign on Charlotte. You know, it, it, who are you going to have that's an intermediary between, uh, between, you know, Charlotte and, and Bailey? Yeah, it's fine. It, it is what uh, it listener
0: is. Pickham's chant. Listener Pickham's chant. Uh, champ, champ. Andy Jessup in the chat just had a good point. He said they want her to get to seventeen before old man before old man Flair passes away. Yeah. yeah. So, if that's, I mean, that's. That's I think a fairly interesting speculation that 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 is possible. That is possible. Honor her daddy before she, before he goes. But that being said that seems a little fatuous. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, uh,
2: I don't know how I feel about that one. I'd have to think, I, and as Ric Rick Flair lover <laughs> right here. So I don't know how I feel about that one. Yeah.
0: yeah. Especially because that 7 that 16 is a made up number anyway. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right, well let's move on over to one of the worst things that happened on Raw uh, on SmackDown this week. King Corbin versus Chad Gable. Again. 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 I'm sorry. The, hang on. I have to correct
2: you on something. It wasn't Chad Gable. It was Shorty Gable. I refuse. Gable. To, oh, my God. Oh, my God.
1: <sighs>
0: yes, officially his name has been changed to Shorty Gable. Oh, boy. Uh, Tron and I'm to him Chad Gable. <laughs> I'm going to continue calling him Chad Gable because I'm not a bully, and I'm not an asshole, and I'm going to continue to call him Chad Gable, and this gimmick is complete bullshit. Yep. Um, so people wondering why now the announcers are calling him Shorty Gable and why his Tron has been changed and everything else. Apparently the explanation is, is that Baron Corbin used his kingly powers to have Chad Gable's name changed, but that was never really made clear on the show. It just seemed like it was an arbitrary change. If you were just watching it you're like, Oh, okay. So they're just going to call Chad Gable short every time he comes out now, huh? His gimmick is Shorty Gable.
2: This right here. Wow. This right here. I I was optimistic when they gave it to Corbin uh, that he might be able to do something with it. This is kind of why I wanted a Drew McIntyre or a Kevin Owens to be king of the ring. I've yet to see King Corbin truly deliver um, what I had hoped he would deliver. And, and, and it's because we keep having these matches with with Gable. And I, okay, I, I, I yeah. don't know... is this all it's going to be? Because I mean, it needs to deliver something. I want him to have some level of GM-esque influence over the program. Like I want him to be able to influence decisions that get made, but not when it's yet another match with Chad. But
0: that's, that's my point is that if, if he is using his King of the Ring powers to be petty and change Chad Gable's name to Shorty Gable, that is i think a good story arc for him being king if he does have some sort of some powers to be able to do things like that then that makes that makes his win of the king of the ring even more obnoxious and you hate that he has that power and it brings him more heel heat the fact that they didn't they didn't define that clearly on the show means the heat then goes back towards WWE. And we look at that and going, why are you guys calling Chad Gable Shorty Gable, right? It's not a storyline thing. It's just a, you're asshole. I thing.
2: hear you, but I, this so, is not what I want my king. I want my king of the ring to randomly come out and just flippantly change the stipulation in a match and then turn around and walk okay. back out. You know, I, I want him interfering with other matches, not in his own matches and, and, and then, defining but that all of that. Could, okay,
0: but that could still come because we're, we're still going through the draft. But I want like, it now, daddy. draft. I know. Hashtag my wrestling. <laughs> just hold on, Nick. Like, honestly, I wasn't happy with them having another Chad Gable, Baron Corbin match, especially because Corbin picked up the win here. A clean, Makes completely no clean sense. victory. Like, all right, so we're going to just, we're going to double tap <laughs> poor Chad Gable in the head on this. You're Shorty Gable, and you're going to go out there and lose to Baron Corbin for this feud. Great. No. Awesome. That's a, just put him out in the pasture and shoot him in the kneecaps. But yeah, so that was, that was a bit garbage, but I'm still. If that's how they want to do this version of King of the Ring, they don't all have to be these dominant macho champs. You can have a shit-eating heel come out there and be petty as King of the Ring. Just mother of God, define it as such. So that way he gets that heat. Otherwise, he doesn't get that heat, and people sit there and go like, well, this guy's just a douche, and I hate how he's using King of the Ring. Yeah. Right? It's a, It doesn't stick. So again, issue with storytelling, issue with how they presented this. And I just, I can't stand that they're actually going, they're turning into this Shorty Gable thing without having the heat being driven towards Baron Corbin.
2: Depending on your perspective, I, you know, how you feel about Corbin in general can, you're either going to love or hate what I'm about to say. I would love (laughs) to see a melding of some of the stuff that they got right with Constable Corbin and take some of that and apply it to his King, King Corbin character. You know, he's still got a lot of the smarminess and a lot of the uh, snarkiness. But I want now that he has a level of influence, kind of how he had as GM, temporary, whatever the hell it was, um, acting general manager. He was constantly out interfering, setting up matches, changing rules, changing stipulations, and and being a part of the show. Not like this, though. Like they've got to get rid of this gable angle. And, and let him start interfering yep. with stuff. And it, it'll it'll work like just crazy good if they do it.
0: Well, that's – and I'm wondering I, – well, I know where he goes because I've seen the WWE list. I'm not going to spoil it. But suffice it to say that we'll wait and see what happens when the draft settles. Yep. I, I, I'm saying hold out and let's see what happens with Corbin. I just – I'm so mad that they, can, they named him Shorty Gable, that they went all the way for that. I'm just – that's just awful. And, you know, it, 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 it's – one of those things where people have been counteracting and saying, no, 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 it'll, it's giving him character. It'll get him over. I'm like, no, there's something in a name. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how good you are, you can't get over the Red Rooster. Yeah.
2: He should have never made you it to the I mean? final like, King of the Ring. That, and, and they, yeah, they booked it, themselves into a corner with, with it at that point.
0: Yeah, if if, if Stone Cold had been Chili McFreeze, he would not have been Stone Cold. Do <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, there you go. Uh, we had Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out, and then they cut a promo. Paul Heyman basically putting over Kane Velasquez as the one guy who Brock Lesnar fears. Out comes Rey Mysterio and Kane Velasquez himself to stare them down and talk some smack. And that was pretty much this segment right here. The only thing I liked about this, Nick, and tell me if there's anything that you liked or hated about this, was the fact that they pointed out that in that match, that scar that Brock has on his left cheek, that was from Kane Velasquez busting him open in that match. And... Uh, kane basically saying in, in spanish yeah i'm gonna give you a scar to match that on the other side of your cheek i love it uh, uh so listen I, okay. I, I
2: don't like this crossover stuff in my wrestling i want to get that there out there go. but i yeah. i as i've said before on a previous show i do like how they're setting this up where kane is the one guy that's ever defeated brock lesnar properly Right. and and and, right. and you could see the way that Brock sold that is that he was genuinely fearful uh, of Kane when he when Kane first came out and debuted.
0: Well, and and it's I've Paul Heyman called it out it, it, I, exactly where he said Kane Velasquez victimized, you know, whatever his whole spiel is, you know, beaten, victimized, and uh, took advantage of Brocklet, conquered Brock Lesnar. That's you know he ba- and Brock was just standing there kind of being like, yep, yes, he did. You know they they called a spade a spade. It was like Kane beat the crap out of Brock.
1: Yeah,
0: um, that's the thing is from a if if this were just in its own sphere, if it was just two guys being built to face each other, and you had something like a gift as good as the fact that they had legitimately fought before, and one had just beaten the other into the dirt. If you had that gift to be able to tell the story, and then you told it in this way, where the guy who beat the other, like the one who got beaten into the dirt ran away from that organization and went somewhere else and was super dominant. And then the guy who beat him into the dirt came after him because he messed with one of his buddies. That's a, that's a great, that's a fantastic angle. Yeah. Here's the problem, is that they're jamming this angle in the middle of the rest of their storylines, which they've been trying to establish for months now, and just making us, like, trying to tell us, hey, don't care about anything else we did for the last six months, this is more important. Yeah and it's undermining the rest of their stories. For example, right after this, we had the New Day uh, backstage with their pancakes calling out Las Vegas and coming out to the ring to do a Sujin G. Komen bit and then have a short match with the OC, which they won. And Kofi at no point seemed to give a crap that the guy who destroyed him for the title that he supposedly really cared about, he didn't even seem to care that he was right there out in the ring. He didn't. There was. There was no get back. There was no passion for it. It was Kofi's. Like, yeah, no, I'm cool. Whatever pancakes. You know, like they they completely undercut those storylines.
2: Yeah, I think we all. I, so I, I think was, they just want to move past it. I don't think that that Vince ever intended for that to happen. Ever wanted it to happen, but he kind of just probably got strong armed into making it happen, and it just kept yeah, going on and on, and on and on and on. So here's a guy. Oh, you mean Kofi? Kofi go got strong. Here's a guy. Uh, Here's a guy that just beat Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, uh, all kinds of people all the way up to it, and now he gets a match against AJ Styles and doesn't seem to care about it. Also, the guy that just beat him in three seconds is out in the ring, could have run out and challenged him again uh, for some kind of rematch and just beat him down or or thrown a platter of pancakes in his face and slapped him, you know, something. Something. Do something.
0: Yeah, not even. let not even like in kayfabe. Not even looking at this realistically as far as how feuds go. Like in kayfabe, why didn't he? <laughs> I, I right? don't know. Uh, but he didn't get. But the, he pins he AJ Styles. <laughs>
2: It's AJ Styles. And, and, and we nobody called it out. Nobody said what a big deal that is. And I don't know if that's worse for Kofi or AJ. So I, I, right. uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what the ending they, was. They
0: did. They made a bit of it. Kofi just pinned the U.S. champ. He just pinned it. They, 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 they made a little bit of a deal of it. But it's still like it, it underlined the fact that Vince just was letting all these storylines go out the window. And the whole Kofi thing go out the window for now at least. Just to try and get over this Kane Velasquez Brock Lesnar match, and honestly, like I don't know if you saw the 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 press conference they had before SmackDown where you had Kane and you Kane and Brock. I couldn't
2: bring myself to and watch Strowman,
0: it. Strowman Strowman and Tyson Fury signed their matches for Crown Jewel. Oh, it was terrible! It was terrible. If you were an outsider who watched legitimate MMA or any kind of legitimate sport, and you were drawn into WWE to watch this, and this is what you saw, like that that presentation that that press conference what you saw that's why the word fake is used as a pejorative for wrestling is shit like that because so, you look at that and you go this is the fakest crap ever yeah it was awful awful unwatchable so uh, anyway nick uh, finally to just put a capper on smack down here um interesting by being unlisted in the draft i just want to say this we have another draft coming on monday I'm not going to go down everyone who's involved, but it's basically everybody else. But here's who hasn't been listed in either one of the pools: the Usos are not listed in either one of the pools. Jeff and Matt Hardy—more surprising, Matt Hardy than Jeff—but that's still interesting. Sheamus has not been listed, so he's probably still out injured. Who knows? Leo Rush—he's the champion of the cruiserweight division right now, which we'll get to. Spoiler alert: uh, he was. Spoiler alert: he wasn't. He wasn't listed. Zelina Vega wasn't listed. Naomi, Lars Sullivan, Lana. Mike and Maria Kanellis, Nia Jax, your girl Nia Jax wasn't listed. Uh, Mickey James, Ruby Riot, Alicia Fox, The Ascension, and the Colones. And we know some of them are injured, but they had an injury list. They had ones that are that were injured that they said we're not going to draft them, like Samoa Joe right. or Ember Moon. Right? They didn't note that Ke- Sheamus is injured or uh, Nia Jax is injured or Mickey James is injured. They didn't note that. They just didn't. Talk about them at all. So interesting to note. Nick, I'm very excited about this. Let's head over and talk about Wednesday night. Let's talk about AEW.
2: Well, we started things off with a tag team match that was set up previously Uh, Young Bucks facing off against Private Party, which they've been building this one for a couple of weeks now. And since Dynamite has aired, and with the whole uh, Jay and Silent Bob showing and, you know, the private party coming in to interrupt, that all – and you had uh, Angelico and Jack Evans involved. And yeah. I liked this from a, a – li- and I also like the little nudge that Jay and Silent Bob might be a tag team. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I'm just kidding. I, that would, I would mark the hell out for that. But it had it circled all around the tag team stuff.
0: I mean, they're, they're hetero life brothers. Yeah, they are.
2: They're fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Young Bucks and Private Party, what would you think of this match?
0: I thought it was amazing. It was a great match. <laughs> What a way, great way to open the show. Uh, two teams that, that are very exciting work well together. It was interesting that in the end, Private Party sneaks a win out of the Bucks. I like the way that it was presented both by uh, the backstage stuff beforehand and by the commentators where it's the veteran team that brought in the young team to try to get them over but then had to ended up having to face them and perhaps were a little bit too cocky about it and the young team snuck one out. Um. It, it let the Bucks stay looking strong because they were obviously the better team for most of the match. They just, you know, whatever, they lost sight for a second. They even used, like, Shivani even used the, a great example where he said, it's the better team, but on any, you know, kind of any given Sunday scenario, you could have, uh, you, you let that other team that's just, a, that's pretty good stick around too long. And that's kind of what happened here where Private Party snuck one out at the end. Do you like the fact that The Bucks let Private Party go over on their own show, or do you feel that they, because they didn't use their their big finisher in the match, that they left it open and that was actually undercutting Private Party? No, I
2: I think all of. I'm not sure if I agree with either one of those because what I want to say here is that the Bucks and Private Party put on a lights out kind of tag team match that I absolutely loved. I think they both looked strong, and I think they sold it by Private Party getting that sneaky win. Because the Bucks looked like the stronger team throughout the entire match. So I don't think it did wrong for... I think it, it was the right thing to do. They Private Party needed to get this win, and it puts them on the map. You just beat, allegedly, the best tag team in the world. And, right. You know, in their own words. And after all of that pomp and circumstance of the Young Bucks and the upcoming of AEW and all of this stuff throughout the year, here's this new young tag team that came in and got one over on them. Yep. Put, just... That's the that's a signature win. That's that's exactly what they needed. Yeah. You just amped up the tag division even more alongside Dark Order and SCU and Best Friends and uh, uh, the tag team division in AEW is a wet dream for me. And adding Private right. Party to it now is, is just it just keeps getting better. I, I have zero yes. no, negative I- things to say about how any of this went down.
0: I agree, and I actually think that you know the criticism that Young Bucks didn't put them over enough is invalid because they they let them yeah. like they won Private Party won like that's about as and and they looked great in this match like what do you what do you want from them um they put Private Party on the map end of it like full stop yeah. that's that was the whole point of this and I think that it was a it was a great way to open the show uh, a great way to follow it up was Chris Jericho coming out with his crew of dudes and cutting one of the best promos of his career, yeah. I, I have to say, without, without, without hyperbole. If you don't agree with me, find me a whole bunch of his promos that were better. I mean, this is, this is up there with the man of a thousand and four holds. This, is, this was absolute fire. And uh, he, he did it, I believe, unscripted. I, this was mostly off the top of his head. Even to the point, like, there was a great moment in this where he was introducing all the guys in his little, in his faction, which he also found a name for. Uh, he named his faction. We'll get to that in a second. But he was listing off the guys who were in He's like, oh, it's Sammy Guevara, he's a Spanish god. And here's Ortiz and Santana. They're street thugs. They're going to kill you in the back alleyway. And here's Jake Hager. You may know him as something else, but now he's Jake Hager. And everyone started chanting, we the people, we the people. And Jericho stopped in the middle of his promo and said, we the People was a dumb idea from Bad Creative, and it's dead. And I got the goosies, Nick. I got some big old mountainous goosies on that I think one.
2: we all did. Twitter kind of exploded, too, uh, at that moment. I was watching both. Uh, yeah, that was, that was straight fire. Like, no, just, <laughs> no holds barred. That was absolutely Ooh. the kind of fire that he needed, because there was a, there was, he was missing yeah. that one little bit. He's a fantastic in-ring performer. He's a fantastic promo. But there was this, in order to become this figurehead that he has been trying to become in AEW, he needed this moment. And the fact that they've now got a faction, he's now got a big guy and a tag team, and another little flippy, flippy shit guy, we'll call it that, Sammy Guevara. Um, this whole faction, now we know, was announced as the inner circle is is now formed and is now here to run rough shot and and i can't see there were were a couple of calls that jake hager was eyeing the aew title during the this promo and and i i'm not reading too much into that yet they just formed the damn thing no they just formed the damn thing. let them let them breathe (laughs) they're two weeks into their show Give, give them a minute you know (laughs) (laughs) so i I loved every moment of this what a great way to start off the second week of your show uh you know coming off the back of the debut have uh the great tag team match have jericho come out and just establish some groundwork for the storyline for because that's the thing that's been missing from aew this whole time throughout the pay-per-views in 2019 is we really didn't have much storyline other than what they were doing on youtube now we've got some content. Now we've got some soap opera. Right. Now we've got some drama. We can have a weekly TV show. So,
0: And let's be clear, one of the smartest things they could do is to underline the Wednesday Night War concept because that does create passionate fans. And the more that you create that kind... I mean, there's a lot of dissatisfied people out there with WWE. A lot of people that are pissed off at WWE who feel like WWE has been insulting their intelligence for years. And they want to, hear, they want to have a hero or an anti-hero or a promotion come out and say that and do it from a position of power where they can say, "Yeah, that other company sucks. We're the alternative. Come to us. It's better here," and have them feel like there it's a rah-rah thing. Like, yeah, our our boys are taking it to these other guys. It's why Moxley became such a folk hero after he came out into the, and did all the 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 podcasts, yep. right? So, absolutely. And if Jericho keeps balancing storyline with little pot shots at wwe it's going to be wildly effective that's what got wcw over as well back in the day they took shots at wwf every week that was that got ugly back in the day uh the the shots back and forth every week i mean to down to even having caricatures of the other company's characters Mm. you know it was it was wild it it got stupid (laughs) at a certain point but (laughs) i think like this is this is the right amount we're like when it's appropriate You throw some pot shots in there, mm, get some nice reactions like they did here. Yes, they did. Uh, So he did. He introduced that his new faction is called the Inner Circle. The Inner Circle is the new main faction in AEW. Now, it's the Elite versus the Inner Circle, which I thought was interesting considering that uh, Sean Spears, back in his interview before All Out, said that he also had an Inner Circle.
1: Uh,
0: Uh. (laughs) uh, uh. Try not to read too much into it. Uh, we had next. We had for number one contendership for the title, Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc. Uh, Allen did go over here after a solid, a solid little match. Do you think Darby Allen was the right call here mm. to win this match? Was he, is he legit enough to face
2: Jericho? Is he, he needed? Does he have he it? He needed this more than Havoc did. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, as much as a, of a mark for Jimmy Havoc as I am, I wanted. Of course, I wanted him to win and have that, but I don't think he's right. the right one to go up. Uh, for the title also it needed to be a someone that they're trying to establish uh, somewhat as a face going against Cody uh, previously and you know now putting putting against Jimmy Havoc Jimmy Havoc did get that win in the triple threat if I'm remembering correctly so there's there is that opportunity Darby Allen getting this one no all right am I wrong there all right whatever Uh, Darby Allen I think is the right call here he needed this more than Jimmy Havoc did and that was kind of ultimately what it came down to. We didn't see anything crazy in this one. No missed coffin drops on the apron or, you know, through a barrel or anything that we've seen previously. Oh,
1: yeah. oh, God. Through the cracker um, we did oh, see some God. crazy
2: stuff later, which we'll come back to. But um, yeah, I think this is the right move for Darby Allen. They're pushing him really, really hard. And and I think it's well-deserved. Uh, Jimmy Havoc yeah. doesn't and need this.
0: Let me be clear. I like Jimmy Havoc a lot. But he's not as good of a worker as Darby Allen is. Darby Allen sure. is smooth as silk in that ring, and he can do a lot of stuff besides take hardcore bumps.
2: Mm. Jimmy on the mic Allen, though can put over I, a match, and that's what that's the thing that I'll say about it. I don't him. know. I wasn't
0: even a fan of his oh, okay.
2: promo that much. Okay. We'll th- disagree then. I really wasn't.
0: He's he's had better promos. Sure. Um, I Jimmy Havoc is a hardcore wrestler. Yeah. You put him in a death match, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be great. But honestly, in a straight up match. Havoc is nowhere near on Darby's level. Okay, and so I can in a straight, straight up match against a straight up match against Jericho, I think Darby Allen was absolutely the right choice. They'll probably have a pretty good yeah. match. So um, I'm glad that they have since changed the match between him and Jericho, between Darby Allen and Jericho, to a street fight because it definitely is going to play more to Darby's strengths and the fact that you know all through his career, Darby's main battle is the fact that he's just small. Yeah. He's a small guy, and that's going to be his uphill battle his entire career uh making it a street fight i think levels it out a little bit it, maybe we should ignore the fact that jericho is a street fight specialist as well uh at least the way that new japan was presented I was,
2: I was gonna argue you on with you on that one because i don't know the street fight thing plays into jericho just as strong if not stronger than it would jarby allen so but i think it levels it levels the playing field a little bit oh, more sure,
0: sure you know what i mean it's it makes it so like the little guy might be able to go and you yeah. know, get some sort of implements of destruction. You know what I mean. Yeah. You know how it works. Yeah. So uh, good stuff there. We also had a tag match, Riho and Britt Baker versus D- Bea Priestley and Emmy Sakura. Uh, this it was a fine match. They're setting up for Riho versus Britt Baker next week. Uh Bia Priestley, Nick, do you think she's a, a, a do you like what you're seeing from her so far? Um She's a, she's a bit controversial. There are some people who don't think she's very good. I don't know that, that I've seen
2: enough of her to make a decision one way or another, or you know, weigh in with an opinion yet. We we have we've seen her in one match. This was the second time we'd seen her on AEW, um, and then they've all been in tag formats. So I, I want to see I want to see her have a legit match one on one, maybe with a Britt Baker, uh, maybe with a Riho, whatever it turns out to be. But I, I don't I'm, I don't feel right weighing in on what I've seen so far at this point.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and then Riho, how do you feel about her as champ? Does she feel a little underwhelming? Like not? Are you not getting enough out of her, or are you happy with her as champ? I
2: don't know how much of this is tempered in. It's not what I wanted. Versus, did she deserve it or not? Because I certainly right. have. I certainly have a little bit of favor for try, Dr. Britt Baker. Try to be objective. I, I will try to be objective, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have a little bit of favor for Dr. Britt, Britt Baker for various reasons. Uh, because I think we're the most, she's the one that we're most exposed to. And the thing that I'll go back to is that this summer when we were having all the build videos on YouTube, Brandy was going and making the rounds with Allie and Britt Baker and all and right. the others, right? So th- none, B Priestley, Riho, Emmy Sakura, none of those were involved. It's it, so I I was we had this slant and Brandy like tried to make this impression that Britt Baker was going to be the first champ. Here comes Riho out of nowhere and is your first women's champion. So I'm I'm still a little bit confused about what's going on. I don't understand any kind of storyline involving any of these women really outside of Britt Baker, <laughs> Allie and and uh, Brandy. So. Yeah, I don't know if they've built enough storyline here. Yep. I
0: would agree with that. I think it's still a little bit, a little bit messy. It in the felt like division. an exhibition house show,
1: uh,
2: if
0: I'm being honest. My problem, my problem is that looking at like Joshi wrestlers that have come to the states and are and are making an impact, specifically in WWE, you've got Kyrie, Sain, uh, Asuka, and Io Shirai, yeah. and all three of those are such better performers, even in the shitty way that WWE's presenting most of them. Ah, uh, Io Shirai is doing it right, but but Oscar and 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 Kyrie Sane are, I can't even I don't even want get ah, I don't want to get into it. Uh, they're they all look like such bigger stars than Riho. Riho doesn't have anywhere near the presence of any of them. Kyrie Sane is a far better babyface than Riho is. Oscar and Io Shirai are better workers. Uh, just all around like Rio. definitely fades into the background by comparison to all of them. And it's too bad because I think on her own, Riho is a completely respectable worker. But she doesn't, given the exposure that a lot of uh, us in the West have had to Joshi wrestlers, and there's a bunch that are still in Japan that are really good yeah. too. But but Riho doesn't feel like she's on that level, and it's almost too bad that AEW didn't get a shot at those other ones. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Momo is going to be available, or there's some other big ones in Japan that I I kind of hope they they poach. But um yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know, I'm not completely there on Riho.
2: I I th- I think they'll figure this out. I, I think I have I, I have so. faith that they'll they'll tighten up the women's division a little bit because it needs to get there. Uh, much like we had the introduction, we finally had some soap opera and story around what's going on with everybody else in the men's division this week. It's just it's mm-hmm. just getting started, and I want to temper my expectations a little bit that they're not gonna do everything overnight in the first month. Right. This this is going to take time to establish who these people are, what their alliances are, uh, what their objectives are, all of that. Just whew, big breath. I'm gonna everything will be fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hot take real okay. quick here.
0: Impacts women division is better than AEW's women's division. A head
2: and shoulders. Is that, is that head head and solely and because better. of Tessa Blanchard?
0: Uh, Tessa Blanchard, Jordan Grace, Rosemary. Uh, sure. Taya Valkyrie, right there you've got four women that I think would be at the top, if not above everybody else in AEW Agreed. right now.
2: Absor- you absorb know, them, know. They're, they're, not,
0: they're <laughs> not... I think that there's more opportunities that women are having in AEW to have actual wrestling matches, but uh, you know, cause I, I, Impact this week did not have very good women's matches, but I think that the potential of the women's division in Impact is, is at this point, better than, than AEW's. Yeah. And that's something they had to fix. Well,
2: with with Johnny coming, so, Johnny Mundo coming back over to WWE, I wouldn't be surprised if Taya followed shortly. So
0: potentially, yep. that has that 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 rumor has been refuted somewhat. They, there's no official confirmation that he's actually signed. It, there was a rumor that went out that he did. Oh. Uh, they tried to downplay it. It may be one of those things where they're downplaying it to. Make his actual appearance. Okay, oh, he did sign one of those things where they they try to surprise us after things getting uh, leaked. So we'll see. That's that's. I'm not 100 percent on that anymore. Okay, but uh, it's still very, 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 very likely. Gotcha. Uh, John Moxley versus Sean Spears. I thought they gave this away way too soon. Really, these two guys go head to head yeah. this early. Yeah, in a company where wins and losses matter. Wow. Um, a fun match. I liked it. Uh, Sean Spears looks a little bit rusty and that tope was ugly as hell. But uh, but what was interesting is at the end of the whole thing, Moxley beat him clean. One, two, three. Is this something where they're going to have Sean Spears go on a losing streak only to come back really strong later a la what they're doing with Kenny Omega who, by the way, came out at the end and, and threatened Moxley with a... He had a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire and a broom wrapped in barbed wire because He's the cleaner. And he gave he gave Mox. He gave Moxie the baseball bat. And here he is stuck with a broom.
2: Like what are you doing? Well, cuz he took um, the broom cuz he's the cleaner. I
0: know, but that was it was done.
2: Yeah, it was totally it was, it was, it was I, I I I I was fine with this. It, it, it okay. is what it is. It was, it was good. Yeah.
0: Well, the, I, at, at the end of the day, anyway, Pac came up. It and, all went to shit
2: from there. <laughs>
0: Murdered mur- <laughs> Kenny Omega, and Moxley kind of looked at him and walked like, all right, buddy, you're the one who came out with a broom yep. and walked away. So next week, we are getting uh, a nice little tag team match here. Omega and Paige versus Pac and Moxley. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yummy. Uh, so real quick, what do you think about Sean Spears losing here? because uh, like, that's kind yeah, of that who's been for presented a second. is so big. Let's let's talk about that. So
2: I, I thought the build of him and Cody was done extraordinarily well. The the whole lead up to that, the uh you know, the incoming uh, Tully Blanchard becoming his mentor and coach, Blanchard's in the history of the Rhodes family, all of that. I, I thought they took their time with that. They spent six to eight weeks just totally telling that story and building it up. And at the same time, we kind of threw Moxley into the middle of this. Why? Was there any story behind why Moxley was fighting Spears? Or was this just a setup match to get Moxley out there so that Omega could come out to the top of the ramp and have a face-off and we already forgotten about Sean Spears? That's the way I feel about it. I feel like it was a setup just to get uh, Moxley and Omega another moment. So that's my th- my takeaway from this was I don't really care about the Moxley-Spears match. I don't think it did anything bad for Spears, other than you know, other than the position he was already in by not being able to defeat Cody. Mm. But you know, at the same time, this was about Moxley, and this was a setup match to have the moment between uh, Omega and Moxley again.
0: And they had to keep Mox looking strong. But I'm saying, why have Mox, why have Mox and Sean Spears collide? So why early? did it have to be that Sean a- Spears?
2: This could have been anybody yeah. else. Uh, if you're trying to make it's Sean Spears one of your big heels in the company, it could have been anybody right. else except Sean Spears, and you could have gotten it's the, the exact same, same theory.
0: Result. Same theory as the Fiend and Bray Wyatt, yeah. uh, Fiend and uh, and Seth Rollins. You don't have to have them have a match if you don't want to have one or the other lose right. and look weak, right? So it was that was very strange. I'm wondering if they're doing something with that. As I as I said, I there is a part of me that thinks that. They might be doing some sort of Kaiser Soze angle <laughs> with Sean Spears. <laughs> okay. Just saying. You heard it here. If if, if if six months down the line we find out that Sean Spears is like a great mastermind behind all this stuff, and he's really pulling all the strings, you heard it here first. Mm. Uh, then we had a tag match to close out the show. Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus a hangman page and Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes still looking crisp as toast in the morning. My God, he was the star of this match. He looked fantastic. But this did break down. Jake Hager was outside the ring. Caused some interference. Jericho and Guevara pick up the win and then proceed to beat down on Hangman, Page, and Dustin Rhodes. By the way, Hangman looked great in this match too. Can I say that? Hangman looks. I, great. I was
2: initially down on him. Uh, if you go back to some of the pay per views of the summer, he yes, was being you built. Were. <laughs> Hangman Reigns. Uh, you might remember right. that. Uh, but the matches that he's had on TV and uh, everything that he's done recently, he's hitting harder. He's more energetic. He's that playing it up. Shot lariat. Oh God, it's just that
0: lariat he gave Guevara in this match. Just
2: flipped him three times over. It looked like. Just <laughs> dear Lord. He,
0: he, oh, he lariat He lariated Lariato! out his
2: soul. Lariato.
0: <laughs> oh, he's dead. What have you done? Uh, that was beautiful. Great match, but the beatdown afterwards was a lot of fun because everything went black. Cody appeared in the ring to save the day. Only he got beat down too, so who should come out to save the day with a chair in his hand? But MJF, who looked at Cody as he was being held down on his knees by Jericho, and Jericho's saying, hit him. Come on. We know you're not really his friend. Hit him, and MJF had that moment where, like, oh, my God, is MJF going to turn? Is he going to turn? No. He went and whooped up everyone in the inner circle and stood tall and, of course, turned to the crowd, and I was like, that's right, I'm the hero of the yes. day. This is brilliant. The long-term thing they're doing with MJF where he's acting like Cody's little buddy, but we know at some point this son of a bitch is going to stab him in the back, but they keep playing it up like, no, 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 not not now, not now. This is wonderful, wonderful, and I love MJF gloating that he was the good guy, that he was the hero.
2: Darby Love Allen it. coming, flying in down the ramp on a skateboard, and just diving oh, this, was just... Mag- it mwah. wasn't a
0: run-in. It was a
2: skate-in. Skate-in in. <laughs> skate
0: and save. And he hit Jericho with a skateboard. Yep. It was, and it was chaos to end the show. And the Elite and Darby Allen stand tall. So, yeah, good stuff. Great show overall. AEW, another entertaining show. Two for two, I would yeah, say, Nick.
2: T- t- they're they're, two on, for they're two. on fire this week. Let's also look forward to next week, what we've got coming up. We've got the Lucha Brothers facing off against Jurassic Express. Well, that ought to be yep, a good that's, match. That's, yep. Uh, yum, yum, yum. Reho having a tag team tournament one-on-one match. match against Dr. Britt Baker. That should be uh-huh. uh, a very telling match. I'll, I'll say that about it. Uh, I'm not ready well to said. judge it yet, but we're going to find out a lot on the outcomes of that match. SCU versus the Best Friends as the next match in the, the tag tournament, which we know Dark Order has the buy on, and they're just going to skip everybody uh, and right. get to the end. Uh, and then finally, Omega and Hangman Page... Facing off against Pac and John Moxley. That so ought to be lights AW's, out.
0: They're they're two for two, and that's the show they have for next week. <gasps> <laughs> they're doing they're doing pretty there good. Are. They're, so they're far. gonna
2: keep doing fine too.
0: Also a dark matches for this week. If you want to watch AEW Dark this coming Tuesday, Kip Sabian versus Sonny Kiss versus Peter Avalon. Uh Kip did injure his hand in that match. We don't know how bad. And then Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. they also had a match, and it <laughs> apparently was nuts. I saw one of the spots from the match, and it was gnarly. It involved chairs, and it was gnarly. You'll know it when you see it next week yeah. on aew dark. Good job, Aew. moving over, Nick, let's talk about NXT.
2: Well, NXT started off this week with a what we knew was be a cruiserweight championship match uh, featuring Leo yeah. Rush and the champion Drew Gulak. Uh wow okay I, I guess last week we had that number one contender match out of nowhere and the before we talk about the match sure. the one thing I want to say here is that there were several references that are very important I've been making we've been hearing grumblings and I've been making this prediction that NXT would be absorbing 205 live or the cruiserweight division and uh, so we he- I heard several references to the NXT cruiserweight championship and the NXT right. cruiserweight division. And that's – I think it's happening. It's We still had 205 Live this week. Yeah, and they still had a lot of storyline on 205 Live yeah. this week. Yeah, it, so it's, it's, a lot of it's interesting how – Are they going to move 205 Live to be after NXT maybe? Who knows?
0: Uh, but I th- Or will or will 205 Live become the road NXT brand?
2: Mm, that could be – like I a wonder. main event is because what you're are, referring to.
0: And because they do have cruiserweights crossing over to the main roster, right. as we saw in the draft. So, sure. No, it's Interesting. I'm curious, but all I I know here is they made a bold move, Cotton, (laughs) because Drew Gulak lost his title to Leo Rush. As we said earlier in the show, Leo is your new cruiserweight champion, and uh, Drew Gulak didn't seem happy about it at first, but then he begrudgingly gave him a handshake after the match, and all right, Leo Rush is your cruiserweight champion. What do you feel about this, given Leo's history and where he's been and where he is now? Is this the right place for him, or... You know what? What do you think about this? This is this is an interesting development. I
2: want to be happy for him, but I'm not too quick to forget the things that led up to his being dismissed. the 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 heat that he had backstage, the the diva esque kind of stuff that he mm-hmm. was somewhat let go for, and then all of the rampaging that he did on social media through rap right. music and, a couple of times, yeah, and and his live videos and stuff like that. And I'm I'm just going okay. Um, it doesn't make that much sense to me yet. Maybe there was some grand redemption. Maybe there was an apology. Maybe there was a come to Jesus moment, come to Vince moment, come to Trips moment, whatever. Uh, but at the same time, it, like that's this is pretty quick. Like this is a hell of a redemption to just have your what second match and you're the champ. Yeah,
0: it's it's interesting how some people get a million chances in WWE and some people are just out as soon as you have one major problem. You know, Rich Swan. Had an issue where he was accused of domestic violence and eventually cleared, yeah. uh, completely exonerated, and yet he was gone immediately. Leo Rush had all of these issues and blew it up on social media and created a huge hoopla, and yet six months later he's cruiserweight champ. So it just it goes to show how little we know about what actually goes on backstage, and they're so good at keeping tight lipped on some of this stuff. Um, you know, they're they're and they were presenting his win as a guy overcoming. His mental health issues.
2: Which it was mental health awareness week this week, we should call out yeah.
0: right. So that was that was an interesting take on this, and Mauro Ronaldo in particular was was pushing that home, which makes complete sense.
2: But but uh, you had but that was, in an interesting turn, you had William Regal coming out to put the strap onto Leo Rush himself. And yeah, you, you don't see that too often. So there's something no. that's gone on here that we have no visibility into uh, for them yeah. to make this big of a of a statement like that.
0: Yeah. Agreed. It was, it was, in, it was interesting to see. Um, there's also been talk and I, I'm still kind of chewing on it myself as, as to what I think about it. And that is that Leo was a better character as a heel manager than he is as just kind of a, a straight babyface cruiserweight champion where he's kind of a little bit more bland. And I'm still chewing on that because that's a really valid point is that he's He's an incredible, incredible in-ring worker. Uh, he can make a match really exciting. And NXT is very wrestling forward. I think that it's it's safe to say that NXT had the better wrestling this week and AEW had the better show, like wrestling show overall. Okay. Uh, and that's definitely in part because of this match. Gulak and Leo put on a clinic of a match. It was a fantastically worked match. Uh, but... Leo is not as interesting as he was when he was Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece. There is an argument to be to be made there, so I'm still kind of chewing on that, mm. Nick. I don't know if, if that if that sparked anything in you, or if that made you think about anything, but
2: a little bit, yeah. It, 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 so I love watching Leo Rush wrestle. I love watching him fly around all over the place, especially when he's got bigger bases to work with, like a Gulak. Uh, you know, I think the de- I love Leo Rush on the mic as a manager. I'm just not Bobby Lash's biggest Bobby Lashley's biggest fan. So sure. that, that always kind of just detracted for me uh, anything that he would do well. Uh, standing beside Bobby Lashley, I wanted to see him get back in the ring. So at the same time, I don't. It was this was too right. fast. The, the, I feel like it was too fast, and I feel like he is better as a heel. I just it, you know his music tells you that. Uh, the way that he flies around, I just feel like he would be better as a sneaky little heel. And I, I'm i not sure what to make of them anointing him, taking out Drew Gulak and we Regal coming out to put the belt on him himself personally. Right. All of that added up and compounded into just this level of, I mean, good for the kid. Good for you, Leo. But at the same time... Th- it, th- just- it could be.
0: It could be. And this is my my potential take on that, is this is their way of promoting his redemption right his selling him to us the fans we've all heard all these horrible things about him and we don't know the whole story like admittedly no one does right we've only we only know what we've heard and and what we've we've kind of seen so this is their way i think of reintroducing him and reselling him as this much more humble uh nice guy kid who's on the path to redemption that's what this felt like to me yeah so maybe that's what it is yeah um, Nick, I, I, I've been waiting to talk about this all week. I texted you. <laughs> yes. When this happened, when I watched this, Rhea Ripley had a match with Aaliyah, uh, which I can only describe as the best kind of squash possible. I don't
2: know if I'd call it a where, match.
0: Well, that's why I just re- yeah. re- re-referenced it as a squash, because yeah. she murdered this girl. Rhea Ripley absolutely demolished Aaliyah, but did it in a very creative way, ways that I have I, some stuff I've never seen before. Like what even was that? Like an elevated clover leaf, and then a clover leaf like a, power bomb, like, a like seated was... clover
2: leaf kind of thing. You know
0: what <laughs> in the world she t- she tied Aaliyah into knots and then proceeded to beat her up all over the ring. I it was a beautiful murder. <laughs> Rhea Ripley looked amazing, and then afterwards gets on the mic and very aggressively says, Shayna, you ain't never tapped, snapped, or napped me. Let's go." Called out Shayna Baszler. After that, like it, that's how you do a squash. You have someone come out, look absolutely dominant, and come up, call out your champ. Your champ, by the way, who's beaten everybody and to whom no one looks like a threat anymore. Within 30 seconds, two minutes including the actual match itself, Rhea Ripley went from being someone that we considered to be pretty good and in line for the championship match to holy shit, she could take out Shayna.
2: And Frankly, so, I think Shane is on the fast track. Up to I, I wouldn't be surprised if Shane was a surprise entrant in the Rumble in January, three three months from now. So it, it, we need to establish a new champion. We need to establish a new race. We need to build for it. We need, and this is a good way to start. And oh, uh, yes. you know, we had other matches later in the night. We'll get to those um, with two people that I think are on that train as well. Um, but at the same time, I think. I want to know what's going on and this isn't a personal thing this isn't a marky thing. I want to know what's going on with Tony Storm. Because she, I'm so, <laughs> Oh here, no, it's not here, mar, not a marky thing. Hear at me. All, out. <laughs> <laughs> she dropped Hear me out. She dropped the belt to to Kaylee Ray uh, in the UK and we have we've heard nothing. And I think there's there was a moment here and I think she's kind of the missing one of the missing facey pieces um a a big bruiser hard wrestler that could come out here and have uh, the matches that she had with Rhea Ripley for the women's UK championship were just absurd. So I want to see, I want to, I'd love to see, or at least find out what's going on with Toni Storm, because I think she would be a wonderful piece in this puzzle if she is coming to NXT. And if she's not, I just want to know that so that I can, you know, book in my head. You want to know where your girl went. I want to know where she went because she's one of the greater female talents in the world, in my opinion. Uh, And... Look at these. These women are 22, 23 years old. Rhea Ripley, they said on commentary, is uh, turning 23. We talk about Velveteen Dream and Patrick being 23 years old. The, this next generation of superstars are coming up, and I am over the moon excited about it. And yeah. I just want to make Agreed. sure that Tony Storm doesn't get lost in the shuffle uh, of all of this that's going on. Had Tony Storm come out when Rhea Ripley called out Shayna and said, not till you go through me, bitch. I, I just—we would have lost our minds, right? Just you would have. Oh, come on! Everybody would have lost their minds.
0: The, the, and trust me, then this is nothing to do with a personal uh, thing for Tony Storm, and it's—it's it's completely professional. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you having a markery for Tony Storm. No. This is just no, no, no. You're completely objectively. Yes. Where is Tony Storm? Yep,
2: where's Tony Storm? Completely objectively.
1: <laughs> why?
2: Why can't I be objective about that? <laughs> Tell me, chat. For those of you watching you've us live, are are,
0: about are 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 any and of the you curious? Doing show, since the first time you laid eyes on her, you've been like, "That girl's the best thing since sliced bread," and then by that I mean I'd like to put some butter on her. Okay, her okay, morning.
2: okay, okay, okay. We are, we are, we are an explicit show, but. We're not going oh, there. Oh, my goodness. Don't, anyway, how dare right, you objectify so I, I, and sexualize I, I, Rhea, Rhea a professional Ripley wrestler. Ripley is
0: the future. Toni Storm will show up when she shows up. Calm down, Mr. Howell. You calm down, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to calm down, but I can't because Brizango has a new entrance where they come out looking like construction workers. I had no idea what was Jerry happening here,
2: by the way. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, so I was like, like, cool, is this a new work. team that's been in developmental for a year? Uh, let's let's see what's, oh, cool, new tag team. Let's see right. what's going on. Oh, God, it's Brizango! <laughs> People were
0: crapping on this entrance and all I had to say is if their new gimmick is that every time they come out with a new goofy entrance, I'm all in on yes. that. That sounds great. That's, that's, that is their gimmick, is to be fun and goofy and act like male strippers. <laughs> what What is confusing about this? What, what is hard to swallow about this? Don't – wait a minute. Let me rewind that. Uh, <laughs> what I, No, in all seriousness, I – I loved this. I, I, if this is what they're doing from now on, fine. Brizango is still all good with me. But they were supposed to have a match. Uh, uh, they didn't have that match because their opponents were dragged out on the shoulders of Jackson Riker, who walked out looking like he'd just been in a war with a body, one body over his shoulder dragging the other guy behind him. And this turned into a match against the Forgotten Sons. Uh <laughs> I have to say, Nick, I, I admitted this to you in text. Yes. <sighs> that was my favorite Jackson Riker moment ever.
2: Yes, it was. It was I mine. Hate it. it was I mine. Hate to it was mine that. too. Honestly, just dragging, I hate to say it. just a giant monster dragging corpses out to the top of the ramp. Just oh awesome. my god! And it's Halloween, and it's uh, it's it's October. All kinds of. It's just whatever you want to. They he literally just beat up two guys. This is their muscle. This is their guy. All of that stuff, and yeah, of course, I marked the hell out for this when it happened. Uh, I don't even know who that tag team was that he beat up. Like, who was scheduled to have- ever, ever? It was Ever Rise. Who? Uh,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Exa- exactly. They've they've been around. Uh, they were they were used to be a Canadian tag team champs, I believe. We saw them a week or two ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I I guess they're there just to be. Enhancement or jobbers, which is bizarre, um, but yeah, they, they they were just bodies this week. Yeah. Corpses, I love it. Corpses. Um So Poor so, guys.
2: Forgotten Sons get to come in and have uh, Matt 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 Martell and Chase Parker. I think their names okay. are. I I I'm sorry. Uh, Brizongo gets to have a match with the Forgotten Sons, and it was good. It was really good. It was pretty good. Was I was good. I was pleasantly surprised by how good this match was. Beginning of a good mid card feud. Yeah. I, I mean, they've been doing. They've been circling each
0: other for a while, but that let it continue. I like the fact that Brizango lost here. It gives them something to work with, and hopefully, this is a longer program. I think it would be good for the Forgotten Sons, who unfortunately are still kind of forgettable. I hate, you know, they need they need this. They need they need a definitive feud. These guys, otherwise, it's it's going to be, um, uh, you know, just another forget forgettable NXT tag team that fades in the background mm-hmm. again, like. Moss and Sabatelli, TM sixty one. So, TM sixty one, yeah, yep. or or Buddy Murphy and uh, Buddy Murphy's first team, <laughs> with that other guy who's now in the Forgotten Sons, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> wham, wham. Uh, Cutler. Cutler was it Cutler yeah, or Blake? Blake? I don't remember Blake which one they. It was Wesley Blake. It was Wesley okay. Blake. Wesley Blake. Yeah, Cutler came out of nowhere. Uh, all right. So next we had Boa come out to have a match against Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is becoming a a one shot killer. Double stomps Boa immediately and wins the match. Uh, and then he and his hat get chased out of the ring by Killian Dane, who says who runs over the uh, the commentating commentary table <laughs> Sasha Banks, and says he's not done destroying stuff. So Killian Dane apparently still going to be on a rampage. Yep. Um, and then uh, so Cameron Grimes is on a winning streak. Killian Dane's going to wreck stuff. Cool, all good stuff. Yep. We then had uh, Roderick Strong versus Swerve Scott. Uh, for the North American Championship. Was it a North American Championship match? No, it was just a match. The, the belt wasn't on the no, line.
2: No, it was not. Um, but I, I think what happened afterwards, um, you know. Well, I want to talk about the match real yeah. quick because it was a great it match. It
0: was. And this was, this was uh, Scott had a ma- has had a couple of matches in Evolve, a bunch of matches in Evolve, a couple of matches on 205 Live, and then the one in the Breakout Talent Tournament. This was by far his best one in WWE that I've seen. And it's probably because he's working with Roddy, who is just a monster he
2: looked like um, he was running circles and wrestling circles around roderick strong roderick would catch him every that's because now and then Roder- but i mean just no, good lord strong he looked really good and, and and kudos to strong as well um yes undisputed the rest of undisputed Kara came outside to the to the ringside in the middle of this match uh it could have been a distraction whatever you know i i absolutely love this is one of my favorite matches of the week i think this was the first time that the non-lucha underground viewing audience got to see kill shot we even got a reference from Morrow saying that he he gave him a kill shot
0: he's looking for the kill shot Uh, i loved it i was like oh well well played Morrow ronaldo play (laughs) absolutely so yeah, good look for him. Even though he did end up losing the match, uh, it was a good look for him to get some exposure and look and show people what he can do. Show people like a, 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 an introduction to what he can do because he is he is very skilled. He did look a lot more green than strong here, I thought. But I, all the potential in the world for this yep. kid. Um, but afterwards, Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong get into it again. Roderick Strong was celebrating in the ring, and Velveteen Dream came out and showed that picture that we posted. In our busted wide open discussion group, once upon a time of Roderick Strong posing with his new North American Championship, casually draped very very specific manner over his groinal region, uh, Dream said that's going to go from this to this, and he snaps his fingers, the belt disappears, and instead we have a little tiny little tiny censored thing over. L- little nose
2: symbol, little cross out symbol.
0: Very yeah, very very tiny rod area, <laughs> um, which w- and of course all the undisputed are,
2: oh how dare you, oh you
0: savage, you bastard. Um, and then as they're about to leave, who should come out but Tommaso. Oh, dragging his camo scare-
2: crutch again like he did a year ago. Oh.
0: Scares them all out of the ring, grabs a chair, sits down in the ring, and as they as the Undisputed Era scampers up the ramp, grabs the mic and says, hey, Goldie, daddy's home. Oh. <laughs> and then immediately afterwards, he goes backstage, and you, you see Queen Kathy looking for a, an interview with him. And Angel Garza starts to hit on her. Tommaso Ciampa comes up. Garza gets in his face. Tommaso just beats him down. Now we've got Garza versus Ciampa next week. Ciampa's back in action next week. We wondered how long it would be before he's back in action. One week.
2: That guy's a monster. Yeah. That's really quick. I did watch the uh, – a quick sidebar. I did watch the Chronicle episode with uh, – or the Untold. I can't remember what all the names of them are The thing about the 30-minute the special episode, about Ch- yeah. uh, Ciampa. Uh, fantastic. Um, it gets dusty in the house. Just forewarning just uh it's 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 really really well told and well done uh and you get to see yeah. a side of champa that you may not have seen before so fantastic episode i
0: want i'm wondering if no oh, champa that bald
2: bastard, son of a
1: bitch
0: i'm wondering if he's gonna if he's going for like an anti-hero face thing now looks like it i mean his first matches against angel garza who's being represented here as kind of a rapey pepe le pew heel <laughs> rapey you know <laughs> he was a did you see him the way he was sitting on Queen Queen Kathy? He was
2: he was making passes at her. I don't, I, that's there's yeah, there's a big difference, difference between know. flirting and hitting on and rapey. You know, come on, man.
0: <laughs> he was he was being a little much.
2: Okay, fine, he being he's being a little much.
0: Casa. It's 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 as rapey as though you're going to see. It's, it's WWE. Mexican Colin
2: Farrell. That's that's what I'm well, going to call awesome. him from now on.
0: I have every STD known to man. Uh, So next we had Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair. This was a fun little match. Dakota Kai was using her kicks as much as she could, but Bianca Belair was just too strong. Ends up putting down Kai in her second match back from injury, which was, uh, uh, I don't know. I could see that both ways. I I, I think they could redeem her, but uh, she's right back to where she was on the card before she left. Strangely enough. Bianca Belair, however, calling out Rhea Ripley before the end of all of this.
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: Belair versus Ripley? Yeah. That's that's like a female hoss match right yeah, there, Nick.
2: Uh, and I can't I'm, wait to I'm, see it.
0: Give me that. And then fi- speaking of things I want you to give me, Kushida versus Walter. We finally got it at the end of the show. I think everyone in the audience probably didn't know who Kushida was because they were pretty much immediately chanting that Walter was going to kill him. But he did not. He did eventually. But uh, man, Kushida fought his ass off in this match. I thought
2: Kushida was going to tap him out there at one mo- at one point. There, they, they, that was a the they of had this. convinced me that Kushida did finally get him into that lock and uh, that arm yeah. bar. and I, I thought Walter was going to tap because he wasn't moving and he and finally Walter just sold out it. Of it. Walter
0: sold it beautifully. Yep. Walter is an absolute immense talent. You and I have been saying it for for a long time now. I'm so glad that they got him actually in NXT, like to NXT for a brief American tour. Hopefully, he comes back a few times. Like, I, I, it's awesome. This was a really awesome match. I think it could have been better, but it was. You know, there's only so much you could do given the lack of build and people not really knowing yet who Kushida is. I think people have started to realize what Walter is. Basically, a giant shaved bear of a man. Uh, you know, who's going to come out and maul you, and all you can do is survive him. Yeah. That's that's Walter. People know what that is. They don't. I don't know if people know who Kushida is. At least NXT audiences, unless you've watched New Japan and you know that Kushida is a guy who can literally do any kind of match and is legitimately a guy who can tap out almost anybody. Like he's a legit fighter. Um. You don't know that, so you had no real reason to understand what was going to happen in this match other than little guy's going to get murdered by giant shaved bear.
2: (laughs) You know? Imagine if that was was the match card. This week on NXT, little guy gets mauled by big shaved bear. I mean, (laughs) I don't
0: speak Austrian, but Walter may actually mean large shaven bear. (laughs) I don't know large shorn day.
2: who knows well next week we've got the match that we've uh we started building last week with uh pete dunn facing off against and priest
0: davian priest got a promo this yeah. week it was awesome he got
2: to use his voice oh. Oh, it's great and not to be outdone we get keith lee versus die and i'm not going to say his other name good lord it's DiJack.
1: number four
0: <laughs> Dijakovic. Uh, oh. Yes, awesome. It looks like AEW and NXT both with baller shows next week. I could not be more excited, Nick. It's a good time to be a wrestling yes. fan.
2: Well, Ian, that's our show. Oh, no, wait, we're not done. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. All right, Nick. Well,
0: coming up, we've got a couple of big shows. New Japan's King of Pro Wrestling is coming up on the 14th. That's Monday mm. for those of you keeping track. It's a great card. Suzuki versus Liger to the death. Osprey versus El Fantasma for the junior heavyweight belt. Moxley versus Juice Robinson for the U.S. title in a no-DQ match. Ibushi versus Evil for the Wrestle Kingdom main event contract. And Okada versus Sonata for the heavyweight title. That's some good wrestling right there. Oh, yes. Can't wait to talk about that on our Tuesday show. Also, next week is Impact's Bound for Glory. That show is already sold out. And the match card looks sick. Uh, Sammy Callahan versus Brian Cage for the heavyweight title. This week, Sammy Callahan tied Cage to the ropes and he pile drove Melissa Santos. You sick bastard Callahan. Jesus Christ. He's, just, he's destroying Melissa Santos seven ways from Sunday. It's just, it's just it's tragic. You also got Moose versus Ken Shamrock, Michael Elgin versus Naomichi Marafuji, Fuji, which I I I genuinely hate Michael Elgin as a human being, but I will watch that match. <laughs> okay. You have that. <laughs> You have the Rascals versus Dr. Wagner, Aerostar, and Taurus, which is going to be basically like watching like little dots fly yeah. all over the place. It's going to be great. Taya Valkyrie defends her knockout title against Tenille Dashwood, nice. former Emma. Nice. You've got Jake Crist defending his X Division title in an intergender match against Tessa Blanchard. She's going to win. Versus Daga versus Ace Austin versus to be announced. We don't know who the last entrant in this match is yet. You will find out. Uh, next week on their go-home show, I believe, is when you're finding out who's the other person in this match. We have a gauntlet match. The winner of the gauntlet match gets a title shot of their choosing. They can choose any title they want to challenge for. Do we know for. the entrance finally, for that one? Uh, Not yet. No. Okay. no, I don't have the entrance yet, but I will know for next week's show. I can give you the exact rundown of that when we do our preview for this. Uh, and also the North, which is Ethan Page. All ego! Ethan Page and Josh Alexander versus Willie Mack and Rich Swan versus... Rhino, and Rob Van Dam for the Impact tag titles. Bound for Glory looks to be a great show. We'll talk more about that next week, but just letting y'all know, letting y'all simmer. That's that's coming up right now. Impact was a very entertaining and show it's, this it's week. Free yeah, it's free to
2: watch on
0: Twitch. It's free to watch on Twitch. It's Very, very fun. Very fun. Uh, Sasha Banks was injured in her Hell in a Cell match. It is confirmed to be Tailbone related. She's out for at least a month or so. We don't know the exact severity of it. Uh, but she should be back in time for Survivor Series and probably will be on TV before that, especially because she was drafted really early this week and they don't draft injured people. No. So she's probably going to be okay. Uh, Chris Jericho, when he announced that his new faction was called the Inner Circle and they debuted their new T-shirt, their sweet new T-shirts, they crashed Pro Wrestling T's website immediately. Three times the traffic of their highest spikes that they normally get. Wow. Wow, that's some people be liking them T-shirts. Uh, also, Pro Wrestling Tees said that CM Punk had dropped all of his merch on the west on the site except for CM Punk sucks shirts, <laughs> it could be another work. Who knows? Or he's, or just, he's going to <laughs> Fox. Or he's going to Fox. And he pulled all his merch uh, so that he can sell it by himself. Who knows with that guy? Yep. Who knows? They they the 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 bio on his page even says CM Punk sucks now. <laughs> all right. Whatever. Uh, Kane Velasquez, he's going to be around for a while. He signed a three-plus year deal with WWE, said to be very lucrative. So Kane ain't going nowhere for a while. Get used to him. Uh, Harper, Luke Harper, his uh, his his bio on Twitter at one point said, uh, "Let's see." It was just
2: the dot for. I'm trying, a while. I'm trying to make
0: sure it's right. It was just a dot. And then he said, uh, DMs are wide, sorry, uh, his uh, Instagram, his Twitter bio read as follows Instagram, this Luke Harper's DMs are wide open, WWE threatened to find me, but it's cool when NXT talent cusses on Twitter. Got it. Because his it used to say, DMs are wide fucking open, I've never been more happy. <laughs> okay. Wow, that sounds, uh, possibly trouble still in paradise with Luke Harper, his contract's still up in November. We, there's, there's no saying that he couldn't be uh, going to AEW. You heard it here first. Luke Harper. Okay. Uh, Rush, his ring of honor contract is up at the end of the year. And both WWE and AEW really want this guy. So there may be a bidding war for Rush come the end of the year. Currently, CMLL is apparently in a, in a, uh, a bit of a spot where they are trying to force New Japan to not book him. They're actually trying to make make it so that Rush and Dragon Lee aren't booked anywhere. Unfortunately, they're both such hot commodities that uh, this could backfire on CMLL. And if they agree to go along with it, New Japan. Mm. Because Rush could end up in AEW or WWE. He's really good buddies, of course, with uh, Andrade Cien Almas. So I would say if I, were, if I were a betting man, I would say you might see Rush over in the dub dub. Uh, Warrior Wrestling 7 which will be happening in Chicago on December 7th, announced nine superstars. Sorry, I'm so used to WWE terminology. Nine stars, nine wrestlers, who will appear and or compete. Hmm. And those nine are Jake Atlas, Amazing Red, Drago, Sam Adonis, Brian Cage and Michael Elgin from Impact, Lance Archer, Kurt Angle, who's on stem cell therapy right now to try and get back in ring shape, and Minoru Suzuki. What? That's a card, and that's not even—they haven't even told us the card yet. That's just people that are appearing.
2: Holy, people that are going to be there. What is Warrior that's Wrestling? A,
0: That's—I a, don't—I've never heard Me of them either. before. Now, <laughs> is this, this a is new promotion that's starting up? No, I believe they've been around for a couple of years, but yeah, I—I okay. I hadn't have—I have not had the time after writing the show to actually research them. So was, as I find out, I'm going to keep my eyes on this, and as I find out more about it. I'll come back and let you know more about this particular card, who's facing who, who's just there for an appearance, what Warrior Wrestling is, et cetera, et cetera. It would appear they've they've got some pull. (laughs) uh, It would appear so. Uh, Anyone in the chat knows who they are, feel free to post in the Facebook discussion group and let us all know because I saw this announced and I I just kind of went, what? Those are some names. And finally, we mentioned that Ember Moon is out with an injury. It's an Achilles or ankle injury. It hasn't really been defined what it is, but it really does matter which it is because one could keep her out for a couple of months and one could keep her out for up to a year, nearly a year. She could be out. So keeping an eye on Ember Moon's injury status, hopefully it's the minor, more minor of the two. She'll be okay and be back soon. Unfortunately, because of this, she is not eligible for the draft and you will not see her in the near future, probably even before Survivor Series. That is the
2: news, Nick. Thank you, and Dangerous, for giving us that rundown, and thank you guys for hanging out with us live right here on YouTube. Uh, Thank you to everybody in the chat for hanging out with us, but don't go anywhere. We're still going to do another show to do our patron mailbag. So When we finish this one, just refresh the feed. You'll see a new live show pop up, jump into that one, and hang out with us for another hour or so, and we're going to do a bunch of listener questions because the patrons delivered this week. We got a big list of things to go through so you won't want to miss that also you want to be in the busted wide open discussion group over on Facebook as well as our discord server so you can get access to live chats for all of the different uh, shows throughout the week we've got dedicated channels for each as well as dedicated channels for each pay-per-view as they come out so we keep things spoiler friendly all of that kind of good stuff and thanks to Facebook for getting rid of group chats and forcing our hand on that issue thanks 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 man Uh, Also, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO podcast right here streaming live on YouTube every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern 5 Pacific and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific Uh, three hour blocks for each of those depending on what we cover up to four shows four episodes uh, every week can possibly come out for you now instead of just that one major show. So you guys ask. We're delivering. Uh, We hope you are liking all of this new, broken-out content. Uh, Last but certainly not least, we want to thank our patrons. Thank you very much for all Mm. of your support. And if you'd like to get in on some of that, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers to get access to show notes, listener questions, uh, bonus episodes, sweet swag, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DatacenterDude.
0: And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian
1: Dangerous.
2: But my God, would somebody stop the damn match?
0: This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode,
1: check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.